Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. I would not trade my worst day as an entrepreneur for my best day in corporate. I just enjoy helping other people get their message out and kind of pushing them into that spotlight of where they need to be, like what someone did for me when I was younger. And here we are. Can I get it? Oh, yeah. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to the Enterprise Now podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. Gary Hibbs is an entrepreneur, podcaster, and a former model inspired by people who defy the odds. She loves photography, reading, and is currently learning French. Things that motivate her the most are praise and gratitude she receives from others. Gary provides enterprises with lots of tips in this episode. One of those tips is to get interviewed as much as possible because it builds credibility. All right, Gary. Can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Nice, nice. First of all, Carrie, thank you so much for taking the time out to share your knowledge and experience with the Enterprisers. Your time is very much appreciated. Well, I am just honored to be here with you today and your listening audience. Thank you so much for having me here. The second question I like to ask is for you to tell us about yourself. Now, when I say that, Carrie, I mean, feel free to go all the way back to where it all began, or you can start more current day. Tell us about yourself. I'd be happy to. I've had someone ask me before, can you describe yourself in one sentence, which I think is very hard to do. But if I had to do one sentence, I would say, I'm just a simple Southern girl. I want to see everybody succeed. I want to treat everybody with respect. I want to be treated with respect. But I have kind of an interesting story. I was born in Maryland. My family moved to Florida when I was only 12 to a very small Southern town that had two stoplights, teeny tiny town. I was very shy growing up. I would hardly talk to anyone. And now you can't get me to shut up. So I kind of came out of my shell during my college years. I was considered a late bloomer. I had a pretty hard time in high school. So college was a good break for me. And I would consistently have people tell me, Hey, you know, have you ever thought about modeling? You should be a model. And at the time, I had one of those short pixie haircuts. I have big eyes. They're blue. And I got told a lot that I looked like Twiggy, the model from the 60s. And curiosity got the best of me one day. And I got in my car. I drove two hours to Tallahassee. That was the closest person, Marsha Dahl Falkenberry, who had and still has a modeling agency there. 
And I went to see her, had some pictures done, got to do some modeling, really came out of my shell. I call it the peacock effect. They're kind of afraid to come out. And then all of a sudden, once they start getting some attention, they're coming out, they're strutting, they've got their tail feathers all over the place and have all these beautiful colors. So that really got me to come out of my shell and start doing other things. I don't know what would have happened had I not gotten into the industry. Didn't really do anything big, but it was a big thing for me because I got to come out. I got to really build my confidence level and really start interacting with people and not be shy anymore and really learned how to develop a thick skin because we need that in life no matter what we do. There's rejection everywhere. So you fast forward several years later and I decided in 2004, I wanted to go out on my own, be a business owner. So I started working part-time I was actually teaching modeling and acting classes at John Casablanca to make extra money and put my two-week notice in a year later at my job. I was doing staffing, outside staffing, and put my two-week notice in that Friday. I thought, I'm free. I'm free. I'm not going to have any more problems. And I remember waking up that Monday morning. It was very overcast and here in Orlando, and there was a light rain outside. So I went to my dining room window. I looked out. I thought, what did I just do? But I will say that was 15 years ago. And I would not trade my worst day as an entrepreneur for my best day in corporate. It's definitely not the best fit for everyone, but it works very well for me and for my personality. I just enjoy helping other people get their message out and kind of pushing them into that spotlight of where they need to be, like what someone did for me when I was younger. And here we are. I can tell you're a pro at this, Carrie. That was fantastic. I have a one up for you. So you mentioned that you moved to a small town Mm -hmm. that had two stoplights. Two stoplights, yes. Well, the town I grew up in had zero stoplights, one gas station and one grocery store. So take that. (laughs) (laughs) So you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So let's take a slight left turn here, Carrie, and learn a little bit more about you. What's your favorite thing to do? Well, I do enjoy what I do. But on the flip side of that, I have really gotten better the past couple of years at really developing things I like to do, what I would consider hobbies. So I just recently got back into photography, which has been a lot of fun. I do love to read. I have like a little library at home. So I'm constantly reading. Sometimes it's business books and sometimes it's just life experiences, stories, just different things. I'm a huge avid fan of like ghost hunters. I love the ghost shows. So if I am watching TV, it's something like that. And I'm also learning new languages. I've been learning French and I've been doing that off and on. I'm like, I've gotten very serious about it though this year because I'm like, I really want to be bilingual by the end of the year. And also I've gotten an interest in American Sign Language as well. So I'm a very big avid learner. I like to learn new things. But photography is something else that I've gotten back into that I just absolutely love. So I have a lot of different interests. And then, of course, exercising. I like doing that as well, which has been hard this time around because nobody's allowed to get out and exercise. Got it. Why French? Well, French is the number one language. If you want to be a speaker, it is the number one second language next to English. So if you're going to be bilingual and you want to be a speaker, French is a good language to have under your belt. And when I say have under your belt, be fluent in it, be able to do your presentation from start to finish. And just like with English, not be able to stop, stumble over your words. We do get quite a few requests in from that. A lot of people think it's from Canada, but in the past, we've gotten several requests from Asia. India, China, because most of their attendees, they have to go by the language that's spoken for the attendees. And most of their attendees speak English. And then the second most spoken language among attendees is French. 
And my mother actually had told me, you should take French. She took that in high school. And she said, you won't be able to find any word in French where you can't identify the English language within it. She felt it was easier to learn than Spanish, which I took in high school. But I never kept up the language. The only phrase I remember is no un tocadisco, which basically means not the record player. And I don't even think they make record players anymore. <laughs> so that's really why. And I had asked my mom, I said, I'm taking French now. She said, well, I don't remember. That was 40 some odd years ago. I don't remember. And I'm like, oh, okay. But it was from that. And then my mother suggesting it. Interesting. So question for you, what motivates you? For me personally, I get very motivated by two things. Number one is I'm a huge seeker of praise. I, for whatever reason, and it could be because of growing up, I had a hard time in high school. So words of praise go a a really long way with me, more so than I think money. So it's praise. And just being able to, when I help someone, that when they come back to me and say, I really appreciate what you did. It really helped me make the right decision or I was able to make these changes in my life. Even if I just have one person out of 150 or 500 that say that to me, that is what makes me get up out of bed when I don't feel good. That's what makes me jump up and say, okay, we got to get the day started. So it's really being able to help other people and being able to see that in effect. I equate it to a lot as being a teacher. They always say you have a classroom full of 30, 40 children. And it's always that one that makes it all worthwhile that you see they're struggling. And then by the time you're done with them, they're so good at what they do. You're building their confidence. And that's what I feel I do. I feel that I build other people's confidence with my pageant business and also with Book Speak Repeat. Very cool. What inspires you? When I see people defy the odds and not like something totally impossible, but just even the little things. Take, for example, what we're going through right now. It's tough. Mentally right now, things are tough for everyone. I think everyone is battling depression on some level. I think people are worried. And it's the people who get up and it's like, okay, I'm going to work today. I'm going to make things happen. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to make it happen. The ones who take action, when I see people do that and they're succeeding, and they're sharing their stories, they're helping other people in their community, those things inspire me. Fantastic. I was going to ask you, what was a butterfly moment in your life? A moment when you went from being in a cocoon to being a beautiful butterfly. But you used the term, the peacock effect. So I'm going to rephrase the question a little bit and say, what was the peacock effect or the peacock moment in your life? I think there's two things for me. Obviously, when I got into modeling, maybe a lot of people can relate to this. I had a very hard time in high school. I was picked on a lot. I didn't really have that many friends. I had a terrible time because I was just so shy communicating with people. And we all have scars from things like that that we've gone through. But like I said, when I got into modeling, and it wasn't even anything big. I mean, I think I paid maybe $350 to go to a modeling workshop over a month period of time. I would drive myself to Tallahassee. Every single Wednesday night, I would get there at 6. I'd be there till 9. Nobody even knew I was doing that. My parents didn't know. My friends didn't know. I told no one. Now, my modeling instructor, Marsha Dahl, she's one of my first mentors and still a very good friend to this day. She still does this. And she 
really taught me, like when I got on the runway, even though I'm only 5'4", I'm never going to be tall enough to do runway. But just getting up on that runway and she taught me how to walk. She taught me how to walk with confidence, how to do a television commercial, how to pose. She had pictures made of me. And when I got to see the pictures and she said, you should go to Models of the South, which was a modeling competition at the time. It was held in Hilton Head Island back in the early 90s. And I was like, okay, I'll go. And I raised the $700 to get the entrance fee. But looking at those pictures, it was kind of like my first aha moment. Like, oh, wow, I saw what she wanted me to see. You have a different look, but you are beautiful. You do look differently than other people, but you photograph beautifully. So I went to my first modeling competition and my mother went with me. And I won, I think, second place for being most photogenic and then third place for something else. Maybe it was a TV commercial or something. And when I came back, we took one of my modeling photos because Marsha told us to do this. She said, put it in the paper to thank all of your sponsors and that you placed at this competition. And I remember when that came out in the paper, I was like, wow, I'm in the paper. This is a really... Because you know, again, it's a small town. And I knew everybody would see it. And I had so many people who would come up to me and say, Oh my gosh, you look beautiful. Congratulations. And not that it was a vain thing, but it was something that I needed to hear at the time because I was insecure about how I looked. And hearing people tell me and complimenting me and getting that feedback really boosted and bolstered my confidence level, which I needed. I needed desperately. So that was an aha moment for me. And then I would say the other one is my first five years as an entrepreneur. I went through more things than most people go through their entire lifetime owning a business. I went through a downfall where I had to let employees go. I went through a trademark infringement where I was being sued. Not anything I did intentionally, but it just happened that way. We had to rename and rebrand the business. This all happened within the first five years. And it really was keeping me up at night. And I had a friend of mine, he took me out to lunch because this stuff was keeping me up at night. And we're in the middle of lunch. He's an IT person, IT engineer guy. So most IT people, they're just going to blurt out how they're feeling. Social skill-wise, they just have a different way of communicating. And I was going on and on about this. And finally, he threw his fork down. He looked at me and he said, Enough. I don't want to hear about this anymore. And he said, Let me ask you a question. If you won the lottery tomorrow and you never had to work another day in your life, would you still be doing this? And that question was a big like, uh-huh. Because I looked at him and I said, no, actually, I wouldn't. So he said, okay, then stop talking about it. And that's really when I kind of pivoted my business and went into podcasting, started doing more with media and things like that. So those are my two biggest ones, where sometimes it takes somebody to just really throw that cold water in your face to say enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a really good segue to my next question. I want you to take about two minutes and give us what I call a golden nugget, an actionable tip or something that the listeners can take away related to podcasting, related to your business and what you do, and teach us for about two minutes. My tip would be get interviewed, regardless of what industry that you're in. And here's why. Whether it's podcasting, radio, writing an article for another blog or publication, you need to get interviewed. Getting interviewed establishes you as an expert in the public's eye. You need to have a press page on your website or a media page where you have all of your interviews where people can go and listen to them when they visit your website. Again, it's going to build that credibility. There's always credibility when you're being interviewed. 
And the second thing I would say is when you're getting interviewed, it's all about how you're utilizing those interviews. Most people sit there and will say, well, I don't know if I want to get the stats on this podcast before I commit to being interviewed. No. Who cares about their stats? What you need to care about is how you're going to use that interview. Yes, you're going to get exposure to someone else's audience, but how do you use that interview? So you need to have it on your press page. You need to be promoting it on social media. You need to be using it in your email signature line when you're dealing with clients. Hey, by the way, here's some prospects you haven't dealt with in a while. So email them and say, Hey, I was just featured on this podcast. Take a listen here. I talk about the same problems that you're encompassing right now. So you can actually get some good, viable tips in their hands. And again, it gives you another opportunity to open up the door of conversation. So it's all about how you utilize your podcast interviews. And it's the same thing with speaking. If you don't have any video of you speaking, it's not going to prevent you from working. Use your podcast interviews. Use all of that. Because the more people hear you, the more people are able to you build up that what Grant Cardone calls omnipresence, the better chances you have of teaching a workshop and having it sold out or standing room only. Because the more people who hear about you when they're registering for classes or workshops, hey, I heard that person on Blog Talk Radio. I think I'm going to sign up for that class. I've had that happen. People have come up to me and have said, I heard you on J.B. Crumb's podcast. That's why I signed up for this workshop. Okay, great. So it does work, but you have to put it to work for you. You need to be able to utilize that. And if you're not utilizing it, it's not going to do you any good. And I learned this from modeling. If you are not willing to promote yourself, why should anyone else? So if you are handing out great and wonderful tips, then you need to be willing to get that podcast out there, help other people with your tips. So if you're not willing to promote yourself, why should anyone else do it for you? Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for that. Now, as the old saying goes, Carrie, time flies when you're having fun. We've come to the end of our conversation, but I don't want to let you go without taking about 30 seconds to tell people what it is that you do, how they can reach out to you to learn more. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, I primarily work with Book Speak Repeat. It is a speaker referral agency where we help speakers get more paid speaking engagements. So if you are thinking about becoming a speaker, or if you already are a speaker, you need to add more to your calendar, come and visit us at bookspeakrepeat.com. Fill out our inquiry form on the homepage and let's have a conversation. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much for your time, Carrie. Thank you as well. Enterprisers, if you got value from that awesome conversation, let the world know by subscribing to the email list and leaving a review on your favorite podcast app. That helps us know that we're bringing you golden nugget field conversations with the most inspirational business owners. Reach out at podcast at enterprisenow.net with any feedback or questions for me or any of my guests. Thanks again, folks, and we'll talk with you guys next time. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.